Welcome to Leaders of the West, a podcast for innovators and changemakers. I'm your host, Jesse Jarvis, the founder of Of the West, and I'm sitting down with agriculturalists, entrepreneurs, executives, and everyone in between with the goal of digging into the strategies, mindsets, and lessons that have been crucial to the success of ag and Western. Whether you're carrying on the next generation of your family's operation, starting something from scratch, or determined to climb up the leadership ladder, we're going to inspire you to continue to dream big, growing not just you, but the future of agriculture and Western as a whole. Let's go. Well, welcome to this week's episode of Leaders of the West. This is a first for us. So today we have Katie Veal Brown. And if you guys have been a podcast listener since the beginning, you will know that this is Katie's second episode with us, which I'm so excited about. I said this jokingly in the beginning, but I absolutely meant it to be true. I said for the first 10 guests that we had, they would all get do-overs at some point because when you're in the first phases of learning and creating a podcast, there's so much. And our guests are so knowledgeable and valuable that I wanted to make sure that we would get to share them again. So we're making good on that promise here because Katie's episode is one of our highest listened to episodes. It is one that we have heard the most positive feedback about, which we've gotten positive feedback about all of them. But Katie, you blew all of our listeners away. And I am so excited to really dig into today's topic about you know creating a brand identity and telling a story through a brand because that is something that you have done so beautifully and wonderfully with Ranch Water. I know you've been a guest on the show, but we do have new listeners. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and then the journey behind Ranch Water? Yes, absolutely. And so happy to be back. I always feel like it's catching up with an old friend. So this is fun for me. And I didn't realize that about our last podcast episode, but obviously great to hear. So I am Katie Beal Brown. I grew up in far west Texas, and my family has a multi-generational ranch out there. And we had been drinking a drink called ranch water out there for as long as I can remember. And so four or five years ago, I actually had the idea to package this ranch water drink, which traditionally in West Texas, it's tequila, soda, lime, very simple, and bring it to the market, but really tell the story of where it comes from, the culture that it represents. We launched April 2020, and I feel like we've just been hanging on for dear life ever since. (laughs) Uh, But it's been a fun and wild ride, and I think the very best part of it is just the community that's embraced us and the people we've gotten to know over the years that now feel like part of our Lone River family. Started Lone River, we make ranch water and ranch Rita, and that's kind of the long and the short of it. You know, I will dig into that a little bit. So you guys launched in April of 2020, which could have been the worst possible time to launch a business, but also one of the best times to launch a business because everybody's lives were flipped upside down that I feel like when it comes to marketing and getting out in front of people, people were paying attention to products and online and like people were more glued to their phones and TVs and connecting in that regard. But what do you think launching a business during such a chaotic time in life Was that good, bad, indifferent? Give me your thoughts there. I think at first when we started to kind of initially see a lot of this unfold in March and we knew that our go-to-market was right around the corner, it was very, very stressful because our supply chain was completely disrupted and we had to really pull off 
almost like a miracle to get our product to the shelf at the last minute. But I think you're right. I think that sometimes chaos creates opportunity. And in the industry that we're in, where there's a lot of incumbent brands that people have been drinking and have known about forever, and it's you know harder to get them out of those behavior patterns of drinking something that they've always drank, this moment really provided opportunities for entrepreneurs like ourselves to introduce something new when people's mindset was a little bit more open than it normally would have been. And then I think the second part of it that you mentioned was, you know, we had already planned to really invest in social media and digital. And a lot of other big brands, you know, had more traditional marketing plans. But by way of that, we immediately had this very captive audience because everybody was on their phone and scrolling probably more than they normally would. So I think our message was able to reach a lot more people and make a much bigger impact uh, because of some of those factors. Oh, yes, absolutely. So one thing that we didn't mention is prior to creating Ranch Water, you have a pretty serious background in advertising and public relations. Can you give us a little insight there and how that past experience in advertising and public relations has helped you get to where you are on the branding side of things? Yes. So even though my family has a family business that they've maintained for generations, my family is very pioneering and entrepreneurial. And I feel like my dad has always had a lot of different pursuits. So I always felt like I wanted to do something entrepreneurial in my life. And I kind of fell into this career in advertising, which I think kind of like solved some of that for me because in advertising, you're able to work on a ton of different brands and different industries, and you're really there to solve you know, their core business challenge and figure out how they can best connect and communicate with consumers. So I think that kind of intellectual challenge was always really attractive and interesting to me. And to have to flex across a lot of different businesses and industries, it really forces you to think about how you're kind of helping to crystallize somebody's narrative and story and, and reach the people that you can really connect with through that narrative. So because of that, I think when you know we were setting out to start our own business, that's really where I started was with the story and you know where this cocktail comes from and what that means to my family, but also the culture that it represents. And I think starting from that has always given us a very clear North Star and a very simple narrative for people to understand. Ooh, simple. That is a big one. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get us off topic here, but that's actually one of the things that I've known to be true just in marketing in general. We are so good at overcomplicating our message. Yep. And people usually just want simple. People respond best to simple. But we think we need to have this vibe and this aesthetic. And yes, it evidently adds value, right? We, we know mm -hmm. that that's very clear. But at the same time, we are so quick to overcomplicate things and make our product confusing, which you guys have done a good job at staying away from. Yeah, I think, you know, again, it's a simple cocktail. The story is also pretty simple. So there wasn't a lot for us to add into that to overcomplicate it. But I think simplicity, but also consistency throughout my career, like I've always heard, you know, you get tired of things a lot faster than a consumer does. So even though sometimes I feel like I have told our story a million times, like people already know it, for somebody to really remember it and understand it, it takes a couple of times for them to be introduced to our brand. There's actually a great book that says that a consumer needs to be exposed to something new 13 times before they really can recall or remember it. 
So I always think about that when I feel like, okay, have we already done this? Is this getting old? Because most of the time it's not. And you're still trying to, you know, deliver that consistency so that people know what you're trying to say and why. Oh, absolutely. And maybe not as relatable on the canned beverage side of things, but I think often within our businesses, we know everything about them. And so we expect the consumer or the client to know everything about us as well. And the reality is, is that cannot be further from the truth. So you do have to be so repetitive with those messages and that marketing because you have not reached as many people as you think you've reached. And it is not as clear to everybody as it is to you because you're on the inside, not on the outside. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about that too, because developing a canned beverage is not an easy task. And then you have the challenge of making your drink stand out on the shelves against all other drinks, right? Where did you really start in creating a brand identity that you knew would be true to Ranchwater, but then also stand out from other beverages next to it? So when I started this process, Part of me had that moment of like imposter syndrome, like why me? Why should I be the one to do this? But then on the flip side of that, like why me? You know, this should come from somebody that grew up in West Texas and understands what that cocktail means and what it represents. And so it was really important to me from the very beginning to bring through as much of that storytelling as I possibly could so that people from West Texas that I grew up with or even people, you know, that live out there and have been enjoying this cocktail forever, like they could look at this and say, okay, I feel like this really authentically represents what it is. And it represents West Texas in a way that we're proud of. You know, I think in the beginning, it was just very intuitive. What do I think really, you know, makes this unique and makes that culture stand out? And fortunately, when we were coming into the category at the time, there were brands that were kind of a sea of sameness. So it was very easy for us to differentiate it. We called it like skinny cans, fruity flavors. So we wanted something that felt closer to a beer, but we also wanted something that really represented almost like that grit of Western culture and wasn't this super frilly beverage. Like it it should be something that I always said, like my uncle, who's a real cowboy, he would drink it and he would be proud to have it in his hand. So that was always the litmus test for me. Also, you have to try a lot of different things on for size to see what finally feels right. I think we went through, I don't know, maybe even 10 iterations of the brand world before we got to a place where it was like, this is us. This feels like the brand that we want to build. Knowing your audience, that is a huge one because yes, you are right. Ranchers and a skinny can are not going to go hand in hand at all. So can you dig into that topic a little bit about just the importance of knowing your audience? Yeah. I mean, I think we were really trying to appeal to a very different group than a lot of these beverage brands had targeted before. So sometimes in Western culture, it can be I mean, this is a very strong word, but it can be misappropriated in a way that there's a lot of people that lean into it from a trend perspective. And in Texas, we call it like the 10 gallon hat cowboy. And so, you know, in a way that almost feels like it's full of tropes and it's a little bit cheesy. And so it was really important to me that this felt like as authentic to the culture as possible and that we avoided a lot of those classic tropes that we could have put like a cowboy hat on our can or something that was so obvious. But again, it just felt a little bit inauthentic to the actual culture. Um, And I think this 
The separate part of that is we really thought about the types of people that we would want to have our can in their hand. And so in the beginning, like we didn't go after a lot of these really trend-driven influencers. We wanted to partner with the real rodeo athletes and cowboys and cowgirls, you know, that were living the lifestyle, not just leaning into it because it felt cool at the time. Yes, I love that. And I will say too, which I don't know if you guys did this or not, but I know we have it of the West, is creating like a true customer persona. Mm -hmm. So literally sitting down, if you're in the beginning stages of business, I cannot stress this enough, sit down and physically write out who is your ideal customer. Give her a name or him a name. What do they do? What do they value? What are they looking for? What problems are they having I can tell you that Of the West has three. We have one who is a rancher who's struggling to hire somebody, but he doesn't have an HR team and he hardly has enough time to write a job description. And then we also have somebody who she works for a mid to large size company and she is somebody who is tasked with hiring, even though they maybe don't have an HR. And and again, she wants to find the right person. And then we also have the Mm -hmm. job seeker side because that's a crucial part of what we do. But we have written those customer personas and we have named them and we have created their little families and and answered all of the questions that they could possibly have because those are the people that we're marketing to. And when you have a very clear customer persona that you've yep. created, then it makes that marketing message so much easier because you think, how can I get in front of Whitney or how can I get yeah. in front of Trevor or whoever that is? Or even just you know the brand tone of voice and how you're speaking to people. And I always think it's helpful to have an actual persona that, you know, is representing what that sounds like so that anybody that ever works on the brand, like they can always envision that person and what they would say in certain situations. But the other thing too, is I think our brand positioning and Target has also evolved over time. You know, I think we built the brand and we really wanted to respect the tradition of the lifestyle and the origins of the story of this drink. And over time, we've also started to lean more into the modernity of our story. You know, the fact that I'm a female founder in a very male-dominated industry and you know kind of the what I represent as part of my generation and my family now. It's definitely not the path that my dad or grandfather has taken. So I think that there's pieces that have evolved over time. Like for example, my personal story was not woven into the brand as much in the beginning as I think it is now, which still feels a little uncomfortable to me, but I do think it represents a little bit more modernity, but also respect for that kind of tradition of the lifestyle. But you know, I think that's another thing that's so important, especially now. And as we continue to move forward into the future is brands can't be faceless. It is Mm -hmm. so much more powerful because it provides the opportunity for connection. And I think what we all want to do at some point is connect. And so often, you know, even again, going back to Of the West, I don't necessarily want the brand to be about me. We're supposed to serve the 20 some million people with jobs in agriculture and Western industries, but there absolutely has to be a personal tie back to a company and having you as the face of Ranch Water, I mean, that is something that people can connect with. And they say, oh, you know, I know the founder of Ranch Water. It's Katie Bill Brown. And she does this. And like, it just continues to tell that story. Yeah, I think it's always been a struggle for me because I'm sure you can relate to this. Growing up the way that I did, humility was such a core tenant of our values in our family and, you know, something that's always been really important to me. And so Sometimes when I am putting myself out there and 
front and center so much, it almost feels like it's in conflict with that value of being humble. But, you know, over time, I've started to reframe it in that I'm more of a tool to be able to connect with people. And ultimately, to your point, everybody's looking for connection. And so if that's the case, it's less about me feeling like I'm not being humble, but more about how can I be this physical embodiment of the brand lifestyle and the brand values and something that people can really relate to in a real way other than just a product on the shelf. Oh my goodness. Yes. I have struggled with this so badly because anytime that I feel like I'm talking about of the West, I feel like then I'm talking about myself and I don't want to talk about myself. I want my work to speak for itself. I don't need to tell you how good I am because I don't necessarily think that, right? I'm a very humble person. But I want my work to say that. And so that is something that ever since of the West was, you know, in, in its infancy, I have absolutely struggled with that balance of how do I feel like I am talking about my business, but not talking about myself. But I think one of the things that has helped me, so if somebody out there is maybe listening and you're thinking, oh, yes, I can totally relate with this, is I think about the mission of mm. of the West because yep. the mission is bigger than me. And so right. if I am able to further that mission, that is what my job is with Of the West, is to further the mission. So then it's not, I'm taking me out of that equation. I am just the vessel that is yeah. helping it get to more people and to tell that story. So if somebody out there, I know you're out there, <laughs> who is who is relating to this, yes, that has really helped me. I've had a very similar journey of when I built the brand, I always wanted it to speak for itself. And like I said, you know, I think over time, very organically, my story has been woven into that. But I very intentionally in the beginning didn't want that to be a main focal point. And so, yeah, I think it's just been a process of kind of reconciling, like, how can I still be myself and feel authentic and humble, but also connect with people and really put myself out there in a way that I hadn't in the beginning of the business? Yes. Well, and I will also say our final note on this is I think that's also a very admirable quality that you do want a business to be bigger than you and you want it to live outside of you because obviously often the opposite can happen and and there is that lack of, you know, of humble there. So, okay. I want to transition over to the fact that you guys have had the opportunity to work with some really talented people. Miranda Lambert, Ryan Bingham, Lainey Wilson, like those are the who's who's of people that we just named off. How do you and your team decide who to work with and who is a good fit to represent your brand on such a large scale? Yeah. I mean, again, I think we want to work with people where there's an authentic connection there, not just somebody that feels like a generic spokesperson. And all of those people, I would say, represent you know, different facets of our brand persona and identity and voice. And, you know, I think we all have a shared value set, even though all of them are very different. I do think their values are very aligned in the way that they grew up and how much they respect the Western lifestyle. I think those are all things that were very important to us. But really, for the most part, you know, this not feeling like a transaction, it feeling like a real relationship and something where they are helping our business just as much as we are helping theirs. Um, So it's kind of a mutual partnership. But I mean, all of them too have been certainly like a dream for me to work with and people that I have really respected. And even being in the same rooms with them, sometimes I'm like, how did we even get here? Like, I remember 
in April of 2020, we were out on the ranch and I was driving in my grandfather's pickup truck, like listening to Ryan Bingham and just feeling so excited about what was to come. And then a year later to be working with him, it just felt very serendipitous and almost like this journey has been way bigger than myself. Oh, that has got to be such a cool, cool feeling. That's going to go down in the Hall of Fame for sure. You know, on that topic, though, you guys have done a really good job at creating a very engaged group of customers and what I would call like super fans. How have you managed to do that? So I think when I worked in advertising, I feel like a lot of times we would get into the habit of looking at customers or consumers as like demographics and numbers and forgetting that they're real people. And so when we started this business, every consumer, we just have taken so much pride in because if somebody is willing to spend their hard-earned money in our product and really believe in what we're doing, like we want to get to know them as people. We want to understand like what do they care about? What are they talking about? So I feel like social media for us in starting the brand I just approached it completely differently than I ever had in my career before. And that we really wanted to make like deep personal connections with our consumers. And that's why today, many of them are real life friends of ours that have been to our home, that we know their families. And I think that's really been the greatest gift in this whole thing is just, you know, these are people that we may not have ever been exposed to otherwise, but now they've had such a meaningful impact in our journey and they've become like woven into the fabric of the brand. Oh, well, you guys absolutely do have some of the most engaged audience and fans that I have seen for a brand. But on the topic of engagement, one thing that you guys do really well are in-person activations. So to get kind of into like the nitty gritty, if you will, what are some things that you and your team have learned that make brand activations or event activations successful? I mean, because we were really a COVID business, we didn't have that tool at our disposal for a while after we launched. So I think most brands that launch in the alcohol space, they have a big launch event and a party. Like we never really got to do that. We were just living online, like talking to our consumers on Instagram. (laughs) Let's have a virtual cheers. (laughs) Yeah. Like in our pajamas, you know, in the past year and a half, it's really opened up for us to be able to connect with people in person. And I think the best part of it is bringing our brand lifestyle and really the experience of our brand and being out in far West Texas, bringing that to people where they are so that they can be immersed in that lifestyle in a different way than just drinking the product. And then I think, you know, the second thing is there's a lot of people that we had gotten to know so well online that we never met in person. And so all of these events have been amazing because it almost feels like these old friends, even though we're meeting them for the first time in person. Well, and two, I also am going to follow up on that because you guys have done activations in Vegas during NFR and you do them in New York City. Like You have a very varied customer audience and yet somehow you guys are able to engage all of them, which is a very impressive thing. So hats off to you guys. Well, and I think, I mean... Fortunately, we're in a moment in culture where this lifestyle is very aspirational for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Cowboy is cool. And I feel like people really, the authentic version of it, people are much more attracted to. 
And so I think that's hugely benefited us in some of the bigger markets that maybe our brand wouldn't have resonated in as much in the past. Oh, yeah. You definitely have to strike while the iron is hot. And when opportunity is there, it's not there for long. So you guys have done a great job on capitalizing on that for sure. One question I am going to ask, this is going to be a two-part question, is how do you make your brand stand out against other brands? So I think it was an exercise when we were building the brand of really thinking about how is this brand and product going to be differentiated from what already exists today? So every single decision was with that in mind so that we were really offering something new and different to the consumer that couldn't be interchanged with what already existed. Unfortunately, the nature of our industry is that once something sees any kind of small success, a lot of people start to jump into that. And so it's been certainly a constant thought process because once people enter your space, then you're thinking, okay, how do we differentiate from this? But the one thing that I've always said is people can't take away like the authenticity of our brand and the story behind it. That's something that it's a story only we can tell and only we can tell it in the way that we can. And so really focusing on that versus getting into this knife fight with the competitors over little product attributes, I think has always served us well. Okay. Well, that was the next part of my two-part question was how do you focus on what you guys are doing and not necessarily worry about what others are creating? Because outside of the canned beverage world, competition is something that, I mean, it exists, right? And it can often be really hard to keep your eye on the prize or stay in your lane when somebody has maybe copied what you're doing or if their idea looks very identical to yours. It is something that you know we've all kind of seen before. So how do you focus on you and not worry about others in your industry and what they're creating? It's impossible not to let it get to you in some way. Um, Amen to that. I'm a very competitive person. If I want to do something, I want to do it to the very best of my ability. And so I do think that A lot of it is really focusing on those things that are unique to you that people can't copy or recreate in the same way that you have done it. And I think also just having confidence in what you've built. I mean, we've had every major beer brand come into this space with us. And there's times when I've kind of looked at my husband and said, oh my gosh, like, (laughs) is this going to be the end for us? And it never has because I think we've always really believed in what we're doing and we've had a confidence that we created this for a reason. People were interested in what we were doing for a reason. So I think that it's definitely a a work in progress (laughs) and I don't have a perfect answer to that. But like I said, if you see any kind of traction or a little bit of success, it's bound to happen. And so you just have to be prepared for how you're going to react to that. We've had some brands that have really put a target on our back and we've always tried to really take the high road and just, you know, stick with like what we're trying to communicate and why. Ooh, yes. Well, and I think too, having the abundance mindset, if you will, of of realizing mm-hmm. like one brand can't be for everybody. And I'm not even speaking just in regard to ranch water, but if it's a cowboy hat, right? Like one company cannot put a cowboy hat on every person who wants to have one on their head. Like We do have to have some kind of competition in order to supply all of the people with all of their need. And so maybe maybe another business is going to be the right fit for somebody else, but that's probably not your customer. 
So I think it's really important to focus on your customer. And then to also realize, give yourself a pat on the back in the sense of if you're the one with the original idea and then somebody has to come in and copy your original idea, they don't necessarily have original ideas. And if you are somebody who's an originator who can continue to be a forward thinker, you're going to come up with new stuff that's going to fit in and you're always going to be on the forefront. Like you said, it is hard to not let it get to you. And we all do. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. But I think it is just as much of a mental game as it is on the business side. I think side. What you said like a rising tide lifts all ships. We have definitely thought about it in that way, especially, you know, for this small category that we've built, more investment in that category benefits all of us because our investment in it can only go so far. So if they're helping bring in more consumers to that category and eventually we can trade them into our brand, that's going to be better in the long run. Yeah. If they're using their money to get people to that section of the alcohol case, then you now have them as a captive audience and you didn't necessarily have to spend your money to get them there. Exactly. Okay. We are going to get to the rapid fire round. And I have been anxiously awaiting these because Katie is the first guest that we've ever had as a repeat guest. So this is the first time that we've ever had new rapid fire questions. So for anybody who comes on as a second guest, you're obviously going to get new rapid fire questions. And these are them. So first one, what do you hope people remember most about you? I think just that I am an authentic person with a strong moral compass. Who is your biggest role model or leadership mentor? Definitely my dad. I like that. Okay. What is a non-negotiable in your life? Oh, gosh. That's a hard one. I think not being challenged. I'm the kind of person that I always have to be challenged in some way. I think because I want to feel like I am always growing. Ooh, yes. Because you can't grow if there's not a challenge in front of you. Yep. Okay. If you were a professional athlete, what would your walk-up song be? Oh my gosh. This is a hard one. <laughs> I I guess something from Ryan Bingham, maybe. I feel like his Ooh. music has such a swagger to it. Maybe Sunrise or something. Okay. You know, that was a perfect little... <laughs> We put a bow on that, I feel like, because obviously that has full circle there. That's the one that I was looking for. Man, I'm really struggling today, you guys. I need more coffee. Okay. And then this isn't necessarily a new question, but it's new since you have been on the show. So I'm going to ask you, let's talk about your favorite things. Do you have a favorite book, podcast, program, maybe like a life hack or a product that have changed your life that you think more people need to know about? So there's a book called How Brands Grow that I have read at a lot of different points in my career, and I feel like will continue to do so because the lessons in it, I just want to be a constant reminder in what I'm doing and how I'm building a brand. Podcast-wise, I have always loved how I built this. I think there's not a single episode that I've listened to that I haven't learned something or really related to somebody's story, even if it's very, very different from my own. And so that's one that I I feel like I constantly come back to. Oh, both good answers. All of your answers were good, of course. But yes, I love that. Okay. Well, we will link that book in the show notes for those of you who are maybe interested in adding that to your reading list. 
And then Katie, thank you so much for hanging out with us again today. Can we just kind of make a commitment to do this I like, know. every every year? I love this. <laughs> Zoom call that's not recorded. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. As always, if there is something that you loved from today's episode, which I absolutely know there will be, please do us a favor, share it in your stories, tag Katie, tag of the West. You know, it makes such a big difference to us when you share the show and it also gives back to our guests as well. And as always, we will see you guys back here next week. If you loved this episode, do us a favor and share it with someone else who might find just as much value in it as you did. We're on a mission to continue to grow and strengthen the future of agriculture and Western industries. And you spreading the word helps us make more of a positive impact. It also makes a big difference when you take a minute to go rate and review the show. We can't thank you enough for listening, for sharing, and for loving Ag and Western as much as we do. We'll see you back here for our next episode.